previously on My Best Friend's Journal. Uh-huh. I've been playing straight douchebags for 10 years, and I finally got a gay character. I was so oh, freaking yeah. thrilled. Yes. <laughs> I was like, cool, I can just be myself and not think about it. The only couple times where people asked about me, I was like, yeah, I'm an interior designer and my, me and my husband live and, you know, just up the street and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, OK, cool. Feels like a, a conspicuous subtext there. Hi, my name is Cameron. I'm an interior designer with a real penchant for dick. <laughs> Great. Cool, bro. Uh, g- glad you're here. <laughs> this is the first time Mr. Landisman has showed up in this journal. Oh, I hope he's still alive. Are we going to use his name? Yes, he is 110 and doesn't own a phone. This is why Wisconsin's my least favorite place on earth. I like Madison and uh, Milwaukee. Those are a couple cool cities. That's it. Mm-hmm. Can't wait to hear more about uh, Blanche Buster and the rest of this cast of characters next episode. <laughs> Five years ago, he got a book to hold my private thoughts. And now we're gonna take a peek, grab a drink, or smoke some pot. Your private thoughts read aloud. How does that make you feel? This shit might get too real Nothing here is sacred I'm haunted by my past It's called my best friend's journal Let's start this damn podcast Let's sing this name a little longer first It's someone's favorite podcast Yes, and the world's greatest Hi. Oh, I, I half expected you to call me the same thing you called me when we were on the phone earlier. What was that, Cam? How did you greet me? <laughs> oh, sharp breath, I think. <laughs> I think, as though it's not terribly specific. <laughs> I had to remember. I had to think back. I call you all kinds of things. Sharp in my breath? head, out loud. Oh, well, I'd like to know more about the things that you say <laughs> in your head. Uh, sharp breath. Ooh-ha-ha. <laughs> hey, it's a whole, it's a whole different Finding Nemo situation. Um, moving on. Um, hi, Cam. How are you? I'm so good. How are you, Mike? I'm so good. Uh, this is my best friend's journal, a podcast where we talk about all kinds of delicious things. <laughs> uh, how's your week going, friend? Um, it's good. I'm honestly so exhausted. So Cam and I have been recording the last few in the evenings. We're normally morning people, um, but we're we're trying to perk up because now I've got a new schedule to work around and Cam has been busy, busy with his uh, design firm. Are you calling it a firm? Studio business? Studio business thing. I don't know what makes something a firm, okay. but I do know what makes me firm. <laughs> <laughs> Okie dokie. Um, <laughs> anyway, we've both been busy and so evenings have been our best bet. But at this time of night, I get so tired. So I'm trying to uh, keep the energy pulsing. You know, not pulsing. What if you were to come home from work and pour yourself um, a cocktail, like a madman style, you know, martini at five o'clock with your wife greeting you at the door? The wife is certainly an issue. Also, why is that stranger in my home? Um, <laughs> no, no, you play both parts in this fantasy. You quick throw on a cute house dress with an apron. You mix yourself a martini and then you put back on your suit, but you loosen the, you know, you loosen the necktie and try to look like you really need to relax. What am I gaining from this? What is your suggestion here? Oh, um, well, then you don't really feel like you have to perk up as much because the martini numbs the tiredness of the day. That's why you have the martini when no, you walk in the door. No, it's like, depressant. It, it, oh, fine. <laughs> then an espresso martini. No, no, I'm fine. I can just I can just willpower energy. And that's exactly what we'll do. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> he just did a line off his own dick. Wow, I have talked about my flexibility before. I can't suck my own dick, but I can do other magical things. Um, uh-huh. anyway, you admitted to trying on this. <laughs> so have you. Who hasn't? Everyone with a dick that was once a teenager has tried to suck it. I'm just going to say that. I don't think you're wrong. Um, but the good news about these busy schedules is... They have provided some gayest moments of the week. Oh, they have. What was yours? Gay, 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 gay. Well, I noticed today that I am doing something that I never really clock. We've talked a little bit about before, but uh, it was very apparent that in speaking with a few, I guess not colleagues, but neighbors today, I was doing some very apparent code switching. So I actually first heard the term code switching from... You, Cam, um, could you do us a favor and explain to the folks what code switching is? I would be happy to. <clears throat> code switching, as defined by Oxford, I guess, um, is the practice of alternating between two or more languages or varieties of language and conversation. Um, and this was a term that I learned last year in 2020 when we were having all these conversations around race. And um, President Obama actually did an interview in which he spoke about code switching when he was talking to... Um, his, you know, black community or or white people in his life, and it's it, mm-hmm. and it became very apparent that code switching is a thing that pretty much all people of color do um, when they're interacting with, you know, people that have shared their same lived experience as opposed to people that are outside of their community. Um, but it's not exclusive just to race. Um, it can be, you know, talking gay or talking yeah. not gay. <laughs> so I never really think about myself doing this, but then I like really noticed it at work today. Uh, there is a a fashion designer who works nearby. He's a neighbor to my office and he gets his mail at our office. Um, and he comes in and I hadn't met him yet. And it's like very clear that he's gay. And so we like immediately I just turn it on and get into my like comfy gay voice, probably very similar to the voice I use in this, this here podcast. Um, uh-huh. and I wouldn't have thought about it except <laughs> what? <laughs> I'm just imagining you at work. Like, yes, mama work, honey. <laughs> just, it's not so exaggerated, but like, that's the kind of the point, but uh, this like br- Bro comes up to me and asks for something, and I was like, "Yeah." Uh, so what you're gonna want to do is walk down the hall and uh, take a left around. The- like all of a sudden, I like shift into basically the same voice I do when I'm imitating my brother, and it made me think. I was gonna say your Chris voice, <laughs> yes. yeah, for sure. It was. It's also apparent when I'm doing those like voiceover gigs. I sometimes talk about my default is to do like the bro straight voice, but then every now and then they'll be like, "Can you do? Can you talk about a boyfriend or a husband or something?" And then when I realize I'm playing a gay person, all of a sudden I like lean into what feels more natural. And it is amazing the different response I get from the same people who I was talking to five minutes ago, but they are treating me different now. When people hear me speak in like gay, for lack of a better word, I get a different response than I do when I'm putting on the bro voice. And I've just never been so aware of it until today when it was like whiplash. I was like, oh my God, gaga. Yeah, so go ahead and run down there. Uh, grab a chainsaw. <laughs> no, bitch, no. Okay, chug that beard, bro. Chug that beard. Yeah, keg stands. Oh my God, did you see RuPaul? Yeah. <laughs> I find myself doing that all the time, actually, in my line of work because I talk a lot to um, like tradesmen, people that are like, um, I don't know, like stereotypical like manly men doing like blue collar work, like swinging hammers and, you know, plumbers and electricians and all this kind of stuff. And there's chainsaw certainly operators. some sort of like... That's a job. Chainsaw <laughs> operators, yes, for sure. Um, and there's there's certainly some sort of like inherent insecurity there for me as a gay man interacting like in their space. Like I'm a designer, I'm talking to them. Like there's something stereotypical about a gay interior designer, and I want them to take me seriously as someone who isn't just. 
I don't know, picking out throw pillows, who knows what I'm talking about, who knows what a good price is, knows what the quality of good work, all that kind of stuff. Similar to what I think a lot of women in the space uh, feel because there's been a ton of conversation even since I, I started this business with my business partner who's a woman and like other people in the space about how women are treated by contractors and trades um, as, as designers. A lot of the time we are managing that relationship, we are hiring people um, and I can only imagine what what the women must feel like when they are having those conversations because it can be very intimidating, but I definitely turn on my low voice. I definitely sometimes I force myself to say things like husband because I'm like I want this person to know that I'm gay, but like I can't seem to stop posturing as a straight man. Yeah. <laughs> or like, you know what I mean? Like I'm like kind of speaking out of both sides of my mouth at the same time because I don't want to succumb to insecurity or internalized homophobia, but it just pops out of my mouth before I can yeah, even control it. I do it too. Why is my default when I'm speaking to someone new, like put on the straight voice? It's because we feel more comfortable and it's because we have the privilege to do that because we, you know, as white gay men can hide uh, well, sort of. My bro voice wasn't very convincing, but like we, like when we, if we can effectively code switch, um, we can, you know, completely mask who we are versus a person of color versus a woman who, like, there's no choice but to show who you are. Totally, yeah. Um, it's all just a bit of a strange thing that I don't often like think too much about. It's just something that I notice happening. I'm like, man, wonder why I do that, or I, I thought I was past that kind of shit you know but it just creeps in it does and that's why it's my gayest moment this week i was like this happens all the time but i never really think about it and it just sometimes feels so apparent yeah for sure um you know this is kind of tangentially related but today um my gaydar (laughs) was thrown for a real fucking loop um so you gotta see if you can return it best buy sometimes can help fix it (laughs) it depends if it's still Mm -hmm. under warranty yeah I'll, i'll get the geek squad to tinker with it a bit i um I was at the grocery store. I was in like the the shishi little, you know, natural um, food store in town here. And there was this man who, when I first glanced at him, I immediately thought gay. I like he was wearing a tank top, like a not like a broy, like wide tank top, but like a, a nice fitted, like athletic tank. He had really good hair, cute athletic shorts on. Um, I can usually tell by the shoes. That's usually a dead giveaway because there's some shoes that literally only straight men will wear. Um, but like in Colorado, it's very like widely accepted that everyone just kind of wears like sensible outdoorsy shoes. So I looked at his shoes and I was like, damn, it could go either way. So the longer we occupied the same space, I'm looking at this guy like surreptitiously out of the corner of my eye because he was very cute and had great arms. Uh, I was like, well, maybe he's not gay. I can't really decide. Like it could have gone either way. Everything was striking me as like kind of neutral. And so like even at the very end, like he got up to the cash register in front of me and there's only one lane open. So I'm standing behind him at the cash register and like I hear his voice and it's like very neutral could go either way he's like very mm. polite but not overly broy, not like feminine or flamboyant i was like god damn it only way really to find this... out is to suck his dick and see what happens <laughs> <laughs> i thought you were gonna say sniff his butt like a dog um so he checks out i check out and pay and uh, when i get out of the parking lot i was like oh i wonder if he's still out here i can maybe tell by his car and i noticed he had gotten into like this big truck and i was like oh straight and i turn around and realize i'm getting into my big truck and i was like fuck <laughs> This is so confusing. Do people think I'm straight? (laughs) It could have gone either way at any moment. And my gaydar was just like dead in the middle. Could not swing one way or the other. And I think that's rare. I usually get a pretty good vibe for someone. Like even if I walk in and think like, oh, that's a gay guy. Like something will tip me off one way or the other. Like either confirm my suspicions or I'll be like, nope, I was wrong. But like I, if I occupy the same space as a man, like especially someone that I find attractive and I'm paying attention to <laughs> for long enough, I think I usually get a pretty good read, but I was, I was stymied, man. Oh, I love that word. Um, it's interesting you say that. I, 
Except for your nose ring, I think if I were to see you in public, I would think you're straight until I heard you speak. <laughs> but I- <laughs> he was drinking tea as he spits out his herbal tea. <laughs> Fuck you. What's I- wrong with that? I think you. I just you got a gay lilt. <laughs> oh, I mean, I guess you're not wrong. No, but gayer it than sounded mine. like an insult somehow. <laughs> well, that is that's an internalized homophobic problem. <laughs> I don't I guess I would prefer to be an enigma, you know? I want to be like neither neither one way or the other until someone gets to know me. I don't want I don't want to give away the milk <laughs> to to use an old disgusting misogynist yeah, stop, analogy. Stop milking yourself in grocery stores. <laughs> oh my god, wait. Speaking of milking yourself, did you know because I learned this week, I learned yesterday, my friend Christine recently had her baby. Hi again, Owen. Owen's a little boy. Owen um, has been lactating. Apparently, baby boys and I think girls as well, but especially baby boys, sometimes react to their mother's hormones and can lactate. She said they went to change him and he was literally leaking and they knew they weren't worried because the doctor said this was a thing that happens. I had no idea. Never heard of such what a thing. What the fuck? I had honestly no idea. That is shocking to me. I'm Googling it right now lactating newborn boys boys and girls can do it apparently they call it witch's milk yikes (laughs) i mean it's natural and good and fine but still it's just strange (laughs) hold on hold on i searched baby boy lactate and here are the i don't want the images cam (laughs) no 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 the related search terms pseudomenstruation of the newborn i don't know what that is and i'm not going to click that link witch's milk baby boy how to remove breast milk from babies, squeezing milk out of a newborn. Oh my goodness. Well, I do know one of them, uh, The whatever the pre-menstrual thing is. Um, my friend Christine told me at the same time when we were talking about... Pseudomenstruation. Pseudomenstruation. When we were talking about lactating boys, she said also little baby girls can menstruate. Wow. I don't think it sticks. I think it just is like a thing while they're an infant. It's not like they... Right. They're not like ovulating. Yeah. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. That is very shocking to me um and i mean who knew Pre- a lot of people probably but not us childless gays Mm-mm. um so my gayest moment was about four hours ago do you have a gayest mm. moment other than um i don't know milking yourself in the grocery store <laughs> <laughs> episode title <laughs> um n- i mean i do it now seems to pale in comparison but um my my gayest moment was this past weekend um peter and i had a nice uh weekend together and one of the evenings we started watching schmigadoon on apple tv plus sounds like a like a scottish slur it is. i don't know <laughs> uh for anyone who doesn't know it is a um it's a television show i thought it was a movie but it's a serialized television show new episodes every friday um, and it is starring Cecily Strong from SNL and Keegan-Michael Key. And it is a musical parody. And I, I don't know what to say about it. It is the gayest fucking shit ever. It is so funny because they've managed to like um, smash together like a, a musical and like a, like a, a, a realistic huh. situation. So it's like these two people from the real world end up stuck in this town that is a musical. Mm. Um, and so they're constantly calling out the ridiculousness and like the farce of it all and like how absolutely outrageous musicals are. And like people are breaking out into song, people are communicating things like through dance. And it is like the most amazing Broadway cast ever assembled. I mean, ah. every time there's a new scene, there's someone new. It's like Dove Cameron Aaron Tveit, Christian Chenoweth, Christian Chenoweth, Kristen Chenoweth, um, Jane Krakowski. Um, it's 
so many good people. And then like there's this whole ensemble that's constantly doing these fabulous <laughs> dance numbers on the village green. It's just really funny. And I thought we were going to watch one episode and then move on to Vikings, which was not nearly as gay. But we watched four episodes back to back. I was hooting and hollering and screaming and having a gay old time. Like, I just literally? loved it. I loved every minute of it. Literally yes, I was just like laughing out loud just like I, I was I was having a grand old time I think I was in the perfect mood for it like it just struck me just right at that moment but um I think it's very fun um oh and Martin Short sorry I'm gonna keep naming people so many I, people Alan Cumming okay <laughs> and what network is this on Apple TV plus oh well then I will never see it unless I borrow your login send me that right now thank you so much Wait, um did you never watch the morning show nope Okay. Um, well, I can't send you my login because it's through my iTunes. They have oh. it like, you know, you have to like log in on I've your I've got subscriptions thing. out the wazoo, man. I can't get any more. Well, I would cancel one for one month and get this for one month and binge all the shows that you need to see because a lot of the things they've done have been really excellent, but they just don't have a ton. It's like similar to an HBO, but without like the back catalog of HBO to make you really need that app. You know what I mean? I do know what you mean. All right. Well, that was my gayest moment. And it's also what I've been watching. So it's like my content recommendation for the week. Have you been watching anything good? Um, Not really. Um, The only thing I make sure to watch every night is Jeopardy. And nobody really cares about my Jeopardy suggestions. Although we have a we have a 10 episode champion right now. He's over $300,000. It's very fun. Except for he keeps oh, saying that is very fun. he doesn't know how to say who is or what is. No matter what the answer to the question is or the question to the answer because it's Jeopardy. He says what's. So if it's like. The lead singer of the Goo Goo Dolls. He'd be like, what's Dave Grohl? Mm. It's very annoying. Oh, that is very annoying. But anyway, other than that, he's like very impressive. He does a lot of risky wagers. I'm not here to talk about Jeopardy. I was going to bring up. <laughs> um, I've only seen one episode so far. So, you know, I may retract this as I'm prone to do. But I'm intrigued by Kevin Can Fuck Himself, which is Annie Murphy's new vehicle on AMC. Annie Murphy of Shit's mm-hmm. Creek. Um, yes. It is... Very interesting because it's a format that I have never, ever seen, which is hard to do in 2021. It began as like a sitcom, like the first five minutes of the first episode. I'm like, oh, this feels like a three camera sitcom, like, you know, Roseanne or Full House or something. It was a very that style. And then they Mm -hmm. shift. It goes back and forth between like the real experience of this woman who is like sort of trapped in this sitcom-y world. And it really... um, (laughs) highlights how fucking awful most of these husbands are in these worlds like it's all very funny and oh it's great to crack a joke and Uh then you like see it so you see it you know as though you're watching a sitcom and then you see it as though it's a real story with a real person that is dealing with this husband you're like holy fuck Uh that's different the coloring changes the set changes it all like we shift worlds so i've only seen an episode but it's very interesting for that Ooh, Um, ooh, i want to watch it i will say annie murphy's boston accent is a little distracting it's not great um so i need to see if i can begin to buy that um i don't know yet if i'm gonna like it or not but i certainly need to watch a couple more episodes to find out Okay. I love that. I mean, anything different, it's really hard to innovate in television, especially like, is it a 30 minute episode situation? Actually, I think it's like 45 or an hour. Oh, wow. Okay, cool. Well, I look forward to trying that out. You know, I love her and I'll, you know, happily watch whatever she's on to. I love her too. Um, Yeah. I do really quickly want to do a callback. Um, a few minutes ago, you said Dave Grohl was the lead singer of the Goo Goo Dolls and then moved oh. on before I could say anything. It'd be the Foo Fighters. Foo Fighters. Foo <laughs> Fighters. I just saw the double O in my head. Mm-hmm. I wonder how many people were screaming for how long. 
<laughs> a lot of people, I'm well, sure. Any if any of them were anything like me, <laughs> I actually Googled it to make sure. I was like, I think that's very wrong. But yeah, I it to, felt wrong I as I was sure. saying it, and I like looked to you, and you didn't correct me, so I kept going. Who's the Google doll? The Google dolls. <laughs> Wait. <laughs> I, I don't think the Goo Goo Dolls lead singer is famous, like name famous, do you? No, I, all I can come up with is Iris, and that's the song, not the singer. Uh, oh, such a good song, though. Okay. Um, let's see here. Members are John Rzeznik, Robbie. John Krasinski. I didn't know he was a singer. John John Krasinski, yep. And then a lot of other people. They all have really hard to pronounce last names. Any Hoozlebees. Wow, that was embarrassing. I'm really sad. Like, I <laughs> recently answered that question correctly on Jeopardy, which is why I brought it up as an example, but then, you know, changed the facts. Um, so I'm pretty embarrassed. That's okay. You were just speaking quickly. Yeah, as I want to do. Okay, friend. Almost time to get into the journal. But before we do, um, a little update. So... Last week, before our episode was scheduled to go live, I got a random text out of the blue from a coworker from Blossom, who I haven't spoken to in years. He just texts me, Mr. Landisman, remember the, the curmudgeon old man that needed his uh, same booth, same everything, flat, room temperature soda? <laughs> Are you asking me if I remember? Yeah. Yes, I do. <laughs> um, he sent me a picture of him and said, Mr. Landisman died. And it just felt so crazy cosmic that i haven't talked about mr landisman in years i haven't talked to this co-worker in years uh-huh. and he happened to reach out in the same week where we recorded that and it felt i don't know a little insane so i just wanted to pay super a, insane pay a little respect to mr landisman and uh i wonder know. if his like spirit was just waiting for him to be you know mentioned on a podcast and then when it finally happened he let go he honestly was able to move on. maybe i mean maybe not <laughs> that specifically but like he was he was a lonely old man. He didn't have anyone. He didn't have any family or anything. Um, mm-hmm. So maybe just like being thought of or like, I don't know, it feels like Coco when it's, you have to it be remembered. reverberated through the universe yeah. and then he was able to like good, say goodbye. Wow. Um, well, that's deep and also sad. Sorry that your slightly lovable old curmudgeon uh, passed away, but he was I mean. late 90s. So like, well, if, if I remember correctly, you said that he was 110 <laughs> and didn't own a phone. <laughs> you never got that phone. Um <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, Mr. Landisman, rest in peace. Rip, 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 rip. I, I'm a new day rising. I'm a brand new starting stars upon All right. It's January 22nd, 2017. Um, where were we? We just flew to Wisconsin to begin our dogs to pay rehearsals for this midwest tour we have met blanche our, our southern belle who is um who is a challenge awful <laughs> we don't know that she's awful yet but you can pretty much assume um and we've met buster who is uh, a friend of mine who we just you know chose to disguise just in case <laughs> blanche and buster okay up late again charting out more songs without music yikes you described that last week uh, yeah. exhausting walked to the gas station so separated out here oh yeah happy about the fight against but sickened at what he is doing uh the fight has begun because he's in office um walk to the gas station is like all we could do i don't have a car here we are in rural wisconsin um rural rural uh and walking to the gas station was like the highlight of the night it was i don't think we've met him yet but my buddy chris um not my brother uh different buddy was also on this tour and him and I, uh, we were housemates with Blanche. 
So we had to find times to get away. And the only place to get away without a car was the fucking gas station. It was bleak, Walked dude. Walked to the gas station. Yikes, that is bleak. It's like you're a teenager with nowhere to go in a small town. Um, The way that you said rural art. You, you never watched 30 Rock, did you? No. I always forget this. There's this whole plot line where Jenna Maroney, played by Jane Krakowski, there she is again, um, is in a movie and no one knows what the name is because the name of the movie is The Rural Juror. And she <laughs> she's always talking about her movie. The Rural Juror has a limited release next week. And everyone's like, what is this movie called? It's the most amazing plot device that lasts for like an entire season. I love that. The Rural Juror. It's really hard to say. <laughs> It's too good. All right. January 23rd. Did last four songs. So, so much material. Have no life. Just rehearsing. Tomorrow, I will cancel my flight and send mom hers. Oh, oh for Disney. Disney. We bought her flights mm-hmm. to Disney that I can no longer go to. I thought that was like maybe a backup flight. Like, I guess I'll start this gig and see how it goes. But I've already booked a flight home in case I need to quit. <laughs> uh-huh. It was miserable, though, dude. I was getting up at like seven trying to warm up we sang all fucking day and then when we were done at like eight or nine we would chart out the music for the next day it was so tough that's an impossible and- way like it's an awful way to run a company to run a production it's like not setting anyone up for success it's bad 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 so hard and then there's choreography to learn as well and it's just like and like every <laughs> bit every stitch of this is choreographed and it's not i mean it's some bad choreography step touches and armography and such you know what it's it's choreography that like we probably should have known better than to be doing like step touches would have looked better there's like lots and lots of body rolls and like that kind of style (laughs) of things first of all sounds really good while singing pure acapella vowels yeah exactly i mean also just i don't know like just geeky upon nerdy upon dorky it just all adds Uh up to acapella Uh (laughs) uh-huh Aka, awesome. Sorry, all you Aka fans out there. All <laughs> <laughs> oh, you pitch perfect pitches. The thing is, it's not um, pitch perfect. I wish it was. If it was like pitch perfect, we. I feel like people don't appreciate how much audio editing is done into pitch perfect. Like they're adding so much filler to make it sound stunning. It is never that. Never. Yeah, I think the best you can get with like acapella is like a like a very rehearsed, very tight-knit group of like m- musicians with perfect pitch, like a pentatonics or something where they are up there, they are pitch perfect, pun intended, um and they are like, you know, they're they're just like rehearsed to the nines and it's like such a rare thing. Like that's not what most and, acapella like, experiences are. Exceedingly talented. Exceeding uh, yes. Um you said pentatonic, so I should say that uh, the dog's toupee uh, was competing against the pentatonics. Um, on the pentatonics. The pentatonics. <laughs> on, uh, <laughs> at the Walgreen. At the Walgreen. Um, they, the original group competed against pentatonics, which is like their claim to fame is that they once competed against a group that is successful. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, that's so sad when you put it that way. I know. They've since changed the name and members like a thousand times. Um, but yeah, the the original formation of the Dogs to Pay at one point. So was, they they kept the name of the group, completely recast it, and then sold it to her. Not completely. There's always been an original member in some form or other. Oh, um, okay. But sometimes it's just the one. Truly amazing. Okay. Well, on January twenty fourth, um, you said, "Oh dear, had a dream. Dad was out early and threatened me." Oh um, my god, I remember start- that. It was horrifying. Yikes. I hadn't thought about that it. That is so horrifying. He like. He was like at the end of my bed with a knife. And like, I never thought of my dad as a violent person. He didn't go to prison for any violent reason, but I was just like, yeah, he was like, you let this happen. And like, oh, it was, that's so scary. Yeah, it wasn't fun. 
<laughs> no. Do you ever have stress dreams like that that are so like haunting but also like very personal? Um, I do occasionally. Yeah, I don't really remember my dreams very much. I will like wake up and be like, "Oh, that was fucked up," and then you know I'll forget the details later. My you most... famously hate people's dreams. <laughs> Other I, people's I famously dreams. hate yeah hearing about people's dreams, and I don't care that much about mine. But um, I will occasionally have that like thrown onto stage st- stress dream where you don't know the show at all and you're thrown on and like like this on gig a huge was stage. that stress dream for two months <laughs> <laughs> every single every single venue every single like new performance it was always like oh by the way they wanted us to to do um a medley by justin bieber we don't have one so we're gonna learn one in this next five minutes i'm not kidding this kind of shit would happen left and right it was a fucking horror show <laughs> That I would still be having panic attacks about that experience to this day. It if kind I of like you. the more you have it, though, the more diluted it gets. I'd be like, okay, I'm gonna go sing a medley I've never ever rehearsed in my life on stage for a thousand people, and I've done this before, so whatever, it's fine. I don't care. And also, oh, we're in my we're God. in uh, Conchitahoya, Wisconsin. So who gives a fuck? <laughs> Conchitahoya. <laughs> I would 100% be wearing prosthetics, so none of these people could pick me out on the street or tag me on YouTube. Okay, I just finished a book where they talk about prosthetics, but it's prosthetic legs. So I was like, why would you put prosthetic legs on? I forgot that you could put like a prosthetic nose on. My legs are far too recognizable for this. I was like, I don't feel like it's worth removing your legs for identity disguising. (laughs) The confused look that flashed across your face. Like what? It's not the worst idea. Uh, Anyway. Okay. Sorry. So you said you had this stress dream. You started choreo in the morning, more rehearsal at night, sick of Blanche's excuses. That's day three. You went to a bar with your cast flirty with, Oh, with a buster, but shouldn't be. I, um, okay. Two things. Sick of Blanche's excuses. She is one of those people that I, I'm like just going to relearn what it was with you as we go through this. I forgot this was like one of her isms. E- like every day there was something. It was like, well, um, I drank I drink cold water instead of room temperature water. And that's really like messed me up for the day. Or um, oh, I, didn't, Lord. I, need, I don't have my uh, dehumidifier or I don't have my humidifier. Like no matter what, it, like it was always some ass and an excuse like that. It's one thing if you're like, I don't know, have laryngitis, sure. Or, uh-huh. um, you know, haven't slept much. Absolutely. But like the things she was saying were like, I was just like, shush, shush, shush. Did or, anyone ever get short with her and yell at her, tell her she was bad, ask her to be better, ask her to try harder, um, tell her to shut up, <laughs> kick her off stage? I'm going to tell, I'm going to kick you off stage right now. <laughs> um, there was, uh, never to her face, <laughs> the owner. Okay. A bunch of times, um, the owner interchangeable with the producer, one of the original members, the guy in charge, would like talk to other members, not really me, but other guys who had done the show before and be like, what do we do? Like, is this going to be fixable? And like, it just kind of got prolonged and prolonged and prolonged until there was kind of no choice um, (laughs) but to leave her. Okay. Um, Well, on the 25th of January, you had choreo all morning and then a Taco Bell lunch. Feel like this show won't get together in time. It won't get together um, before you leave this contract. <laughs> keep feeling sick in the afternoon and fine later. Voice is exhausted. More choreo at night. My God, they're working you to death. This is not a union contract. L O L. I feel like I feel like when Moira Rose is getting the uh, contract from the uh, was it <laughs> For the, the, the the birds have eyes. The crows have eyes. Is it Bulgaria? Where is she going? Bosnia. Bosnia. <laughs> Films like, in Bosnia. 
a bed or breakfast? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, shit. Uh, (laughs) January 26th, overwhelmed at too much choreo. It's all a mess. January 27th, long, long, long (laughs) rehearsals. All day. January 28th, Well, part of the trouble is, like, we will go over the same... We'll just keep singing the same three bars that Blanche is flat on. And I'm like, who thinks that singing this 800 times for her sake is going to, it's going to just keep getting flatter and flatter. And not only that, now it's going to become muscle memory to sing it flat uh-huh. right away. In the first two minutes, I'm like squelting the highest notes I had, but I never really had to worry about it. I was like, I don't have to warm all the way up because by the time we get to me singing those notes, it's going to be a whole tone lower. <laughs> Ay, Dios mío. Oh. It was piss poor rehearsal process <laughs> i'm trying to take some of the sting out by buzzing through this but it doesn't sound great um so the 28th you said rehearsed and then you watched arrival it's oscar season uh, and uh, i've been shouting uh, about uh, i have been shouting about arrival ever since have you seen it yet yeah i saw it in theaters oh okay i don't know I've, i feel like i've had to tell 12 people i recently watched it oh mom. you said yet it came out in 2017 <laughs> i feel like so many people haven't seen it and i'm always like arrival it's so good it blew my mind i have never thought about time that way or like i i don't know it just like expanded my idea of uh what life can be that is not how i thought about arrival um i think that you are in the majority most people really really loved it i liked it i was not i didn't leave that movie theater like mind blown love love loved it i was like huh Huh. it's a pretty good movie did you hear Um, that folks liked it before you saw it i don't think i had many expectations i was just Mm -hmm. like it was a it was a big hyped up oscar movie and i love you know oscar seasons we've talked about a hundred times so i was excited to see it so me and my friend chris here are gonna plow through all the oscar movies he was like a magician and found them all and he had a little oh, projector nice. he brought with him like a tiny little one that he'd always like oh so set up. fun yeah it was honestly chris was my reprieve in this he was so cool eventually we find weed and start smoking together too thank god i needed it um i'm hard glad to- you had a friend on this tour that you could plow with <laughs> we'll see keep going <laughs> <laughs> oh ooh. all right so it's the 29th of january don't know how this show will come together. Watched Fences on big screen. Went oh. to the talkies. Is that is that Chris's big screen? Is That's that what you his meant? projector, yeah. On the 30th of January, uh, mom flew back to Albany. So jealous of their trip. Aw, oh, she got to go to Disney. Yeah. And she she said, but had, so glad like, she had fun. Time of her life. I, I hadn't seen her so joyous and i like, could literally couldn't remember when she w- could not stop she was so happy and she bought me all that kinds of precious. all kinds of disney tchotchkes which you know also fills her heart oh yeah i do her uh the way she shows love love language is gift giving i think uh-huh how does she receive love anally <laughs> <laughs> that is your mother i know but that you is just... your mother <laughs> <laughs> I feel like it was just too There's too open of a door. An you know? option. <laughs> um, I don't know. Oh, How fuck. did she receive love? Um, quality time. <laughs> no, I can't. Okay, perfect, great. January. <laughs> is it too hard? Is it too hard to back up from what I said to back into sincerity? <laughs> sincerity? <laughs> I can't anymore. Hear about how your mother receives love. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry, Mom. If this was episode 20 or below, I would tell you to fast forward, but that ship has long since sailed. <laughs> it sure has. Oh, Lord. 
January 31st, you went to Madison after rehearsal, shopped at Kohl's and H&M for show costumes. Oh, oh no. God, yeah. You're shopping for your own costumes well, at Kohl's? Well, I'm not shopping for this. Is the whole the whole company went and the producer was like trying things on and that's how we're getting them like straight off the rack. There's no like designer. It's like, let's go to uh-huh. Kohl's and finding matching outfits. Um, I got Ooh. excited when you said I went to Madison. I was like, oh, cool. I'm going to go because Madison's a cool liberal city. Like I said last time, mm-hmm. that and Milwaukee and that's it. Um, and... So I got excited thinking maybe we had a little city time. But no, we went to Madison to go to Kohl's to shop for some matching outfits. That's bleak, man. I I can't actually deal with that. So you're wearing like Kathy Ireland blouses. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Um, I got to stop for one second to say I do feel a little bad because I was also just as vocal in our little tour van about how much I hate Wisconsin and... Two of us were from New York, but like, I don't know. I was more of an asshole than I had to be. And I continue to be an asshole now that we're reliving it. Like such a, such a coastal elite. Liberal. Yeah. Liberal coastal coastal elite. Elite. Um, Yeah. And like, I mean it. It's truly how I feel, but I didn't, now is more of a venue to talk about it. I didn't have to be such an Uh asshole in the car. Like I was always like, God, there's nothing here. Can we find a Taco Bell at least? Fuck. That's (laughs) you in Wisconsin is equal to me in Florida. So it's fine. The owner of the company who I previously mentioned is from Wisconsin, which is why this tour is based out of there. Um, mm-hmm. And he's actually, I mean, as atrocious as this rehearsal process is, he's a really nice guy with like a really good heart. Like, oh, he's going to make you feel good. Very welcoming, like very warm. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, that is nice. It's not enough to lift this experience, but it is nice. Uh-huh. So that makes me feel bad that like this is his hometown. That he's like he's catering to people like his, you know neighbors really you know yeah his community um so i feel bad that i was like so shitty about it but i don't know i guess i'm dealing with a lot of shit and now we've plopped me in the middle of rural wisconsin so it's just kind of what we get (laughs) honestly though like as a fellow midwesterner i give you grace there because unless you're in one of like the few like i won't say few cool cities but there are like cool cities like liberal cool cities that have plenty going on like scattered throughout the midwest but as soon as you get outside the bounds of those cities that shit is bleak i mean i know i grew up in those suburbs and drove through those cornfields my entire life and i wouldn't recommend it to anyone who grew up in a place that was interesting (laughs) like you as an adult from like upstate new york you're not gonna go and find great beauty in like the vast flatness of the midwest you're just not well to be clear there's plenty of vast flatness and ruralness in upstate new york as well i just didn't happen to spend most of my time there yeah and you were like close enough to the city too that like you saw what life you know you were exposed to things you were exposing yourself all these things (laughs) milking myself It's the grossest term. So nasty. Milking yourself. Okay. (laughs) Sorry. Finishing the month of January. You went on this glamorous shopping trip in the big city. Um, And then every now and then I just think about dad and feel just awful. Hmm. That ship has sailed. (laughs) That ship has also sailed. I mean, yeah, Uh, it was, I guess that's cool. I haven't really reflected on how far I've come. I feel much less now it's like so separated it doesn't feel really a part of my life anymore but obviously i mean it's quite fresh in the journal at this point well as the offspring did very famously say you you gotta gotta keep keep them them separated february 1st last run in the warehouse so cold shows a mess too much material did i mention this is clear did i mention the warehouse (laughs) (laughs) no you did not (laughs) So you're in a warehouse in the middle of Wisconsin in January? 
Yeah, uh, which is uh, strangely a downgrade <laughs> from the living room we were originally rehearsing in. It. Um, oh, this this makes me want to cry. It's all just so bleak. It's all everything's gray in my head. Everything is gray. The sky, the warehouse, your skin. This is my escape. <laughs> I wanted to escape New uh-huh. York in my life, and this is what I chose. Makes you really think. Just, grass is always greener, isn't it? Um, uh-huh. I so we first were rehearsing in a living room, which was really tough to do choreo. Um, literally, I'm sitting on a lazy boy, like learning music for for a week. Um, and it was because it was the owner's dad's like spare house or something. He had a space there, so it was free. So I got that fine. We then move in to a warehouse because we need to like test out on mic and like with full sound equipment and full choreo and all that shit this warehouse is like a buddy of his again it's all about community here his buddy works at some place that happens to have a big old warehouse with some space that he lets us use um this warehouse i i literally had like full ski gear on for these rehearsals doing full choreo with a mic on i was so cold my nose is always like red and raw after no wonder i'm feeling fucking sick it was so tough just to be in there like the show already feels so haphazard hey got it right oh um and now on top of i don't know it just it feels like i'm being punked the entire time it feels like i'm being punked that's a really really bad feeling (laughs) are the other people in this group feeling that way too like are you guys giving each other like meaningful looks at every moment like what have we gotten ourselves into yeah Uh uh-huh okay i think maybe Uh Blanche. Well, no one had ever hired her to sing before, apparently. So this <laughs> no, is that's all not like... true. She's got. I mean, I don't know the resume she would tout. I was like, who? Why? Why? Huh? <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Well, February second, first show and quote clinics was underlined awful. Feel so unprepared. Such a mess. Shared a hotel room with Buster, but nothing happened. We've been cuddling in the car. Ellipses. Eee. <laughs> eee. <laughs> Okay, first of all, <laughs> what is that reaction? E. It's kind of like Lucy, I think. I didn't mean to, but now that you repeated it, that's what it sounds like. Oh. Um, we would do like these just workshops with kids in high schools where we were performing, um, but I didn't know they were happening until like you know they began. So we'd have like a half an hour notice, and we would roll out of this van like freshly asleep, like I don't know, cow looks still up, and have to just. Mm-hmm. Sing some garbage for high school kids who didn't give a fuck at like 7.30 in the morning. And it always felt like I was just kind of like pushed out of a moving vehicle and began singing. Uh-huh. <laughs> and then were you like Stop, drop, with roll, them? and were you, sing. <laughs> were you like clinicking with them? Were they like sing for you and you would help them? That kind of thing? Yeah, we have, we did that uh, most of the time. But I didn't. I had never done this before. I didn't know like it was part of the gig. I had no instructions. He would, our owner would just be like, "Okay, time for a clinic." I'm like, "A what?" And we'd go into like breakout groups, and I alone am leading these people. And I'm like, "I don't know what to tell y'all." We figured it out, but it was another like unprepared, <laughs> completely haphazard situation. Was he touring with you as a company manager? Yes, the he's everything. Owner? He's oh, the okay. booker. He's the company manager. He's the merch guy. He is the uh, vocal percussionist. He's everything. <laughs> oh shit! He was in the show. He's in the show. Oh no! Yeah. Wow. Okay. So like this he, was unclear. He did care about like he cared deeply about the quality of the show. He just I don't I think he was just spread far too fucking thin to do any better. He was doing okay. everything. Everything. Okay, but I bet people care less about that than the cuddling and sleeping with Buster. Um <clears throat> so we are Buster and I are like obviously 
Every time you say Buster, all I can think about is bust a nut. Like me too. Just... And also Christine, who was talking about baby lactation earlier, she had a hamster all through college. His name was Buster too. Shout out Buster. <laughs> hey, R.I.P. <laughs> rip, 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 rip. <laughs> Keep Mr. Landisman company. Um, oh fuck. <laughs> anyway, Buster and I have been like very flirtatious, very openly, and like Chris and Blanche can see this too, and the owner. Everyone's like aware uh-huh. and they are all also aware that he has a boyfriend. So it's like a little awkward, but we're just flirting. We haven't done anything, but we're like absolutely like kind of like sleeping with our heads on each other in the car and that kind of stuff. Yeah. Like, you're flirting. You're cuddling. Like I'm sure you could cut the sexual tension with a knife. Just like the sure. Taco Bell farts in that van. But it's uh, a lot going on. I do remember like, God, I'm such a fucking homewrecker. My mom told me this once. I explained this to her. I was talking about this like Your mom told you you were a homewrecker? You know, she asked me not to be one, actually. She uh I was telling her about Buster. She's like, Don't be a homewrecker, Mikey. <laughs> <laughs> she might have been freshly scorned. <laughs> um home freshly wrecked. <laughs> I I remember so I was excited to get into this hotel room with him was like oh my god we're sharing a room like something's probably gonna happen um and then him being like (laughs) like very clear you know what i mean which is very good for him and i'm such a fucking (laughs) evil human but he he drew the line i respect his boundaries once they were drawn um but like i certainly would have gone ahead if they were grayer boundaries Uh (laughs) uh-huh i don't know what your rules are and i don't care to know as long (laughs) as you'll place your dick gently between my lips (laughs) (laughs) god you got away with words uh listen i there's i'm glancing ahead there's more um there's more on buster later um and i feel as though this is a good stopping place we've gotten well into february you're out of rehearsals and we're about to start this um gorgeous high-end very well done tour is that how i've illustrated it to you i just i'm just curious yeah yeah yeah. i just want to make sure i'm communicating Uh, effectively okay yeah um, you're effusive in your praise for this production okay cool just as long as we're on the same page um that's a great place to end before we get to listener mail we've got a little housekeeping so you and i have got some crazy ass summers that we are in the middle of and will continue on into the fall including and some wet ass pussies my pussy is dry as the sahara um we both have mentioned being busy with work as well as our camping trip coming up and we've got some other trips on top of that so we do not want to leave you folks hanging we are not going to be missing any weeks of episodes but what we are going to do is have some shorter episodes we are going to be keeping what we're calling summer hours yeah we're going to keep things as usual however we're going to cut down our recording time because of our busy schedules which is sure to result in some shorter episodes so it's important to us that you still get a fresh episode every thursday but they're just going to be a little shorter for a few weeks and uh, i think that's going to be okay yeah we will continue business as usual come the fall but uh we just thought this was a good a good balance so we could live our lives but also get this content out there yes absolutely so on that note can we hear from some listeners before they're all pissed off and stop writing us <laughs> And before we stop reading them, because that makes these longer episodes. (laughs) No, we'll read them. Um, First up, we have a message here from A. Ramos on Instagram. Anthony Ramos. Uh Uh-huh. He's a listener. Oh, my God. I love him so much. I think it's a different one. (laughs) Uh, um, Prove it, because I love him. He's gorgeous. He's my straight crush of the summer. Is he? That's a good straight crush. He's using a different photo than the Anthony Ramos I am familiar with. So um, I'm going to go ahead and assume it's a different person. Ensure his anonymity. Anonymity. Um, mm-hmm. A. Ramos <laughs> says, Oh my gaga, just finished a, oh. a little life. I cried so much. Mm. Listen, friend, 
good timing because I also finished A Little Life. And that book. Three months later. Three, it took the whole time. I was chipping away. That shit was brutal. I finished it yesterday. I, uh, I'm i not going to like give you a book review here. I just want to say I understand what Cam was saying. It's hard to recommend, but also like, yes, it's a good book. The writing is beautiful, but like, it is tough. By the end of the book, the main character is going through a lot of shit. And I was like, end it. End the book. It's tor- torturous. Yeah. yeah. Did you have any crying moments? I felt a little overclumped at the end, but like, I think it just became so... Um, I don't want to say gratuitous, but it was like thing after thing after thing. This character can't yeah, catch a fucking you, break. You are emotionally like wrung out like a sponge after it was that. So much. So I just think I kind of put up a wall at that point. So I didn't have the capacity yep. to cry. Anyway, I get it. I just wanted to give you my opinion. He goes on to say he cried so much, but seriously, great book. Thanks for the recommendation. I could go on and on about it. I think we all could, man. I'm glad you enjoyed it. He then says, going in for round two, because I usually listen to every book twice. Uh-uh, A. Ramos. Oh, my God. That Are is, you serious? That is some masochistic shit. Listening That's at 30 hours of complete self-flagellation. Well, not for him, because he listens at 1.5 speed. He said that was his sweet spot. Okay, 20 I, hours. That's still a lot. I cranked up the speed as we went along in that book. That book is 800 pages in print. I started it at one. I was like, maybe 1.2. He speaks slowly. Maybe 1.4. By the end, I was like cranking it at two. <laughs> He finishes with keep up the great work on Oprah's and my favorite podcast. Thank you so much. We appreciate that. Um, And then to finish up, I just wanted to read a beautiful review from Den of War. I don't love that name. Um, (laughs) Seems off brand for someone listening to this podcast. Do explain, friend. Anyway, it's a beautiful review. It says the sunshine in my days. I laugh out loud multiple times every single episode. Each time I listen, it feels like settling down to a great catch-up session with my own besties. Cam and Mike are so witty and open and warm and sassy and sweet. Oh my god, I love it. And they bring sunshine into my days, even the darkest ones. Plus, I cannot get the theme tune out of my head. Yaha! Our work here is done. Listen to a few episodes and you will be hooked. (laughs) This podcast is a true joy and is giving me life. That is just super sweet. We always say it at Sweet Reviews, but it's the sweetest, and we appreciate it every single time. Yeah, and if you want to, you know, try to outsweet that, you know where you can do it? iTunes. Go. Rate. Review. Leave a delicious, syrupy, mm. sweet uh, review for us, and we will read it here on the podcast. Absolutely. Um, or you can reach out to us, but how could you do that? Oh, here we are again. Uh, you can do it on Instagram at MBFJ Podcast. Follow us, send us a message. You can send us an email at mybestfriendsjournal at gmail.com or you can visit our website at mybestfriendsjournal.com. That's right. And that absolutely does it for this week, Cam. So until next time, always remember the six love languages, words of affirmation, acts of service, anal, receiving gifts, quality time, and physical touch. <laughs> <laughs> That's a strange little voice out of you. Ow. That is not a thoughtful response. (laughs) I'm sorry. How how are you? How's your elbow? Are you okay? (laughs) Fucking dick.